we want to have fun and we want to have pleasure and we want to like taste good things and drink good things and laugh and dance and all these things. And if you are finding that you can't do that, then none of that's worth it. Having the perfect body, having, you know, it's not worth it. At what cost? Life is for living and life is for enjoyment. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 90 of the Mad Happy Podcast. I'm Payman. And I'm Mason. And today we have a great episode. Before I let Mason touch on that, a few things. If you've been listening recently, you know that if you leave us a five-star review and post it to your social media, whether on your story or otherwise, and email me, p at madhappy.com, you're in for a special surprise gift. So that's still running. So let's get that going. One more thing that we're starting to do, we have a link in the description of the show to ask us a question. What it'll do is let you upload an audio question. We'll pick a few of them out and answer them each week. So definitely look out for those. But Mason, you want to give some background on this episode coming up? Uh, Yeah, uh, I talked to one of my friends, uh, Sophia. She grew up in L.A. Uh, She's an influencer, has a really cool mental health journey, um, and it was a really great conversation uh it's always cool to have actual friends on the show uh because it gets to be just a little bit more casual and candid definitely brings a really unique and relevant like female perspective to the show uh, which i know that we don't always get to have considering we're two male hosts uh so i think that a lot of you guys are are definitely going to enjoy that and yeah thanks for listening what uh what, what was your favorite part of the episode my favorite part of the episode i think is just that we have a lot in common about kind of our our path uh specifically not graduating college some of the things that we both have struggled with in our lives uh and, and be really being able to relate uh, to each other got it okay send us off the mad happy podcast is brought to you by optimism enjoy the show with sophia kelly hey how hey. are you i'm good how are you good what uh what have you been doing today how's your day going um it's been good i went to therapy Nice. So that was cool. I've been, I also recorded a podcast episode of my own. So I have a lot of talking today. Yeah. It's been good. I feel like ready, juicy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Do you have therapy every Monday? It varies. Sometimes every other week. Mm. My therapist is super booked up. So she like tries to fit me in and I should really be going like three times a week at this point. But no, she just fits me in when she can. How'd you find her? Um, Well, I wanted to do in person. I was like, for COVID, I was just doing like virtual and it just does not hit the same as yeah. in person. So I was like, what do I do? Do I just like, I don't know, like I couldn't find anyone that I liked. And it's kind of also weird to get a referral sometimes because I'm like, I don't want to go to your, like my friend's therapist. I don't know. So I just found a place in Brentwood that's like really sick and they just had like openings and I was like, all right. And I really like it. They don't take insurance though, which is annoying, but like whatever. Oh, you just like walked in? Yeah. That's great. I just made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of really amazing like therapy startups. I know we've like worked with a couple before, um, especially that came out during COVID of like where you can find one or have consultations. Yeah. Like BetterHelp, TOA, like OK Humans, like all these, all these places. That's what I go to. Go to OK Humans? OK Humans. Yeah. Shout out. In Brentwood, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. They're great. I think they were maybe opening up like a second location or, yeah. or something. But they're still kind of small and like little boutique Like it's kind of chic in there. I like it. Yeah. Like little almonds and like teas. You can Was that have. your first uh, experience with a therapy or like? Oh, no. I've been going to therapy since 
literally I was like maybe 11 or 12. Really? Yeah. And I used to hate it. I used to just be like, I don't want to go. My parents like, you're going. Because I think the only way that I could have seen a psychiatrist was if I was in therapy. So they were just like, put me in. I went, I was going once a week on and off. I've had like probably four or five therapists. Some were really long term. Yeah. And it's really weird when you have like a long term therapist because you feel so connected to them. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's yeah. hard to get out. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh no, like I'm stuck. And like I was, ups- but then it's like you grow and some of them are child you know, therapists and they couldn't, they're yeah. like, we can't see you anymore. You're yeah. a grown adult. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I first started going to therapy at age seven. Oh my God. And it was like me and my four siblings all saw the same woman. And then we would also do like family sessions with her. And, uh, she was really like part of the family. <laughs> yeah. Point. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was the same thing as you as mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously at that age, you're not really, you don't really know like what's best for you. And mm-hmm. it's not something that I really like wanted to do, but yeah. my parents kind of, Forced it upon me, and I feel like I'm I'm super grateful for it now because yeah. I feel like it's given me just like the understanding of like, you know, how to identify your feelings, how to talk about feelings, oh, being comfortable sure. like expressing yourself. Obviously, I think we have a lot in common when yeah. it comes to that. Um, I'm curious, like, why did they uh, want you in therapy at like 10 or 11? Because I was crazy, and like just like a super hyper crazy. Yeah, kid. I mean, no, actually, I was very quiet and very shy, but I just my brain was just. I think I'm really one of those cases that I was just born my brain chemistry. I'm I'm a really classic case of that. Like, because I have, I mean, I have great parents. I mean, maybe there's some elements there, but I think ultimately I had a pretty like good childhood, I would say. Mm -hmm. But just from the get go, I was just like a mess. Like my brain was hyperactive and I would be very dreamy. Like my dad, he's like, you're always in your head. You were always like very, very strange kind of. I I was into strange things. I was... Um, I didn't focus well in school. I started having really bad anxiety attacks, like full on, like, like panic, like send a hospital need to take, you know, they like inject you with that thing that like stops you to like, from like freaking out. And I just, I just, I was a mess. And so they were, did this sent me there and they're like, we need to just get it started now. Yeah. And then I got on medication really young, which was weird. And I think that really affected me. Um, it was like, I was on such a high dose that it just really numbed me out. So then getting all those like polarities of like, you know, super hyper emotional and weird. And then going to like feeling nothing. It was just so strange. And then your brain's developing. And then, yeah, now here I am. (laughs) Did you like, how did you become aware of like what anxiety was or like, did you know how to identify this stuff? I feel like at that age, like it's pretty common that a lot of kids feel like super anxious or, or scared or all these things but they don't actually know how to communicate that to their parents so right. maybe like anxiety gets misdiagnosed as like ADD and right. then you're on Adderall when you should really be like exactly in therapy or right. something like that how are you able to navigate that before you even like go through puberty <laughs> right no literally I know um I think I just I started getting really weird phobias and I think that's when my parents were like oh like that's your, that's her thing. Like I started just having really strange, I had really bad, um, fears of like dying and of illness, but not in like a normal weird sense of like, obviously it was like scary to think about dying, but I was like, I literally would be like shaking, like couldn't feel my arms, my hands, like would be like almost like screaming. Like I would run outside and my dad would have to like chase me because I would just run and like want to just escape my brain. And they wouldn't they didn't know what to do and they're like okay like this anxiety is very severe and i was aware at that point like 
this is not normal because my friends aren't doing this or they're not, you know, saying anything about it. And I think it just got to the point where it really took over my life and I had to like sleep like in the same like like area as my parents and like because our house like my room was really far and I Mm -hmm. had to literally like take over this like second bedroom to like literally be Be close close to them and I had other weird like dependency problems because I was so anxious and so it just got to be where it smacked me over the head and I was like okay this is this is my reality right now and you know we were so obvious to it at that point yeah I mean at some point you you can't really you can't ignore it yeah Yeah. I'm I'm like kind of similar where like I always struggled with anxiety and depression like my whole life to the point where it's like i couldn't like i just wore it on my sleeve you know like i couldn't deny it and i feel like well maybe that's one of the more extreme cases for me i found it was almost like i was more grateful for it because it wasn't something that was like i could easily push to the side or that people wouldn't notice i think it kind of forced me to really deal with it and look at it where i feel like a lot of kids especially Nowadays, it's just like one piece to their puzzle that it's just like so hard to sort of navigate. So Um, hard, yeah. It's not as easy. It's just like, all right, there's clearly something wrong here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess, is that like once you kind of started on your mental health journey through that, like how did that uh, really culminate through high school and getting older and figuring yourself out? And like how did that sort of happen? I mean, I think after kind of getting on medication and realizing like going through the whole like the psychiatrist thing was really weird they give you all these tests and they're like having you fill out like do you want to kill yourself and do you like do you think about this and like can you sleep at night and I was just then I was like hyper critical and hyper aware of then I was like well do I feel that way and then that just really made me this like self-aware monster that I still kind of am where I feel like I'm so self-aware it's like to a fault where it's just like now I still do that in a way, but I think it really started then. And so I think after kind of getting medication, I really believe that like because I was such a high dose of anti-anxiety and anti-depression meds, I became so numb that I became like this like really almost terrible person because in a way I didn't really feel anything. I was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm not really anxious anymore. But then it got bad, and then I got, you you know, throw in the whole mix of just, like, being in middle school, hanging out with a bad crowd, being in this, like, very big public school, being, like, getting into just, like, you know, boys, self-image, again, bad kids, all this. It was just a disaster. And I'm still reeling from, I think, so much of those, like, primitive years of, like, middle school to high school. I mean, really. I mean, I think a lot of us, I mean, those are weird years. But if you kind of have a bad experience during those years, like, we're still, you know, I'm 25. I'm really dealing with it now. (laughs) I'm like, woo. Yeah, I feel like that's such a precious age. And, like, honestly, with with so much of what we do at Mad Happy and even, like, this show is, like, I wish I had something like that at at that age to really know, like, what I should be thinking about, uh, who I should be talking to, like, what I should be feeling, what's okay to feel and what's not okay to feel. You know, I think it's really, like, you just want to fit in. Yeah. And like. So bad. That's all that matters. When you're yeah. that age, that is all that matters. Like you just want to have people who yeah. like think that you're cool yeah. and you can hang out with. So like I'm similar as you where like, you know, I got into a crowd of smoking pot or, mm-hmm. or starting to drink and not taking school seriously and kids who are doing whatever and like experimenting with girls and like those things. And like in a way it like feels like safe because you don't really realize how dangerous it is at the time. But no it's really idea. just about like 
building your community yeah. and at that age like you just want to be a part of something exactly and that's why I try not to be hard on myself now and it's really hard because I think sometimes I'm like wow like if I would have just been into academics or if I would have cared about school if I would have been into sports like I would have been such a better or not better person but like, yeah I would have been different and I think it's just like I have to really be like okay like I did what I could at the time I mean mm -hmm. like I, you're sometimes you're thrown into things you're given things and it's like what was I supposed to do little tiny me 13 it was not gonna be like you know what this isn't the right decision and like I'm not gonna hang out with these people like no like no one does you know I'm not gonna yeah. do that yeah so if someone's validating you and giving you you know love and attention and all of that you're gonna take it yeah so you know it's like yeah you don't have any uh siblings either right no only a child so you didn't really have any sort of like blueprint no. or anyone like holding you accountable no. at home or like no yeah. and my parents were still because it's so funny anytime I tell people like I'm an only child they're like oh only child syndrome or whatever and I'm like I actually never really had that because my parents are so independent and they really just kind of had me and we're like they're like we're still gonna like carry on with our lives and yeah. do our thing so I really had this like hyper independence as opposed to almost being like too coddled so I yeah. kind of like they were like no you're gonna hang out with us you're just gonna do what, what we is do the, what is the only child syndrome like it's like the, spoiled yeah, and like helicopter spoiled. parents yes basically and that you yeah. just get all this attention and so you think yeah. you know now that like I deserve all this attention Center of the universe yeah. type shit. Yeah. I'm like no my parents didn't really to be honest like they didn't really they were like you know what you do your thing they probably should have been a little more helicopter parent because yeah, like they, had they didn't know what was going hands off on. approach very much so <laughs> yeah because they were busy my parents still had like dreams they were still my mom was still running trying to run a business and my dad was working in movie you know they were still doing their thing like like we have a kid but like she can she's gonna hold her own and they were like yeah we're good after this yeah. one. yeah and i'm literally like smoking pot <laughs> in like the pan express alleyway they're just like yeah she's fine <laughs> like literally i'm like you guys come on yeah checked out but also kind of checked. that's in. crazy what uh what did you want to do like in high school <laughs> i honestly didn't think about it this is so bad i was like fashion probably <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be a fat. I want to like go to New York, you yeah. know, do the whole fashion thing, <laughs> like a classic cop out. Like didn't yeah. really know. Want yeah. to be an artist. I mean, like I already started painting and drawing. I mean, all I did was I just drew mm -hmm. and wrote. I would write the most insane. I don't know how anyone didn't like catch on and be like, she she's crazy because like my creative writing teacher in high school was just like yeah these are great my stories were psychotic like I you was look back writing, at them now you're yeah like... it's like why was I writing about that like just really intense stuff from yeah. that but anyways I think I wanted to do something creative I knew that from the get-go that's all I cared about was art class creative writing English was never going to do something I mean I, I did want to go to college but I never thought it was never my thing yeah. I hated school. Yeah. It's like, why do I want to do more of this? I don't want to go to more school. Me too. Yeah. Like worst thing Did ever. Did you ever do any college or no? No. I think I went to like one class and I was like, mm, no. Yeah. I went to college for one semester yeah. in Indiana <laughs> and then I came back to LA <laughs> like, no. and I dropped out. Oh, but I was like so, so insecure of it at yeah. the time because even today it seems like it's just what you're supposed to do yeah. or like the right thing that I even came back here and then I'm like. No, I'm like, I'm not going to fully drop out. Like I went to SMC for like yeah. another semester yeah. Like, yeah. while I was trying to figure yeah. it out and just had so much like shame of like I had a brother my age who went to Michigan and, and yeah. friends were going to Penn and yeah. like in Georgetown and USC and all these schools. And it's just like, if you don't go to college, like 
you're not going to do yeah, shit. What, and like, who are life. you? What are you? Yeah. And I almost felt this. I still kind of do sometimes this feeling where I'm like, am I like, am I intelligent? Can I gain intelligence? I feel almost like this weird, even though I know deep down that that doesn't mean you're intelligent necessarily, but the imposter syndrome. Yeah. A little bit where I'm like, what am I? I don't, what do I know? Like, you know, and I don't have anything to back anything up. And yeah. it's, it's a little scary sometimes. Yeah. There's so. like these fake things that society creates that, uh, you know, for us, especially a little bit less so now, but made it seem like they're so important. Yeah. And like you have to have like that degree on the wall, mm-hmm. a, a ring around your finger, right. having kids, like yeah. a house with the white picket fence, all right. that stuff. And even today I'll have moments where I'm really like struggling or feeling down on myself and like I'll legitimately feel like less than because yeah. I didn't graduate college when exactly. I look around and, maybe the office and, and all our employees did and yeah. some of my partners yeah. did or my siblings and my friends right. or I'm not good enough or if this doesn't yeah. work out, like I'm not going to be able to do yeah. anything because yeah. I don't have a yeah, degree there's no in all these back. things. You can't like, what are you going to do if like, you know, nothing yeah. works out. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's terrifying in a way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but the same way as you, uh, then I really like tap into my, like my heart of hearts right. and like realize like, how yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. And I feel like what's awesome about today, like more than ever is like, there's, so much shit that you can do so much and it really doesn't yeah it doesn't matter that much yeah at your fingertips yeah Yeah. and i feel like that's why it's really the most exciting time and why i even try and like stress that message even more as a college dropout is like bro like just really tap in with yourself about what you like and what you want to do and don't feel like there's only like one path exactly it is really not yeah yeah were your parents pissed about not going to college no i think they expected it in high school they're like, like oh yeah we've for known sure. this since They've, you were literally five years like, old. she's not going to college <laughs> i think honestly they were probably like i mean my dad i remember my dad telling me though he was like don't do fine art do not go do not because he was scared that i was going to get into like an art school mm-hmm. and he made the mistake of um he mastered in fine art I'm like okay like just mastered in painting like yeah, sick like yeah. what are you gonna do with that what now? yeah literally and he ended up doing um like making sets and doing set design for movies, which isn't a, didn't need a, like his degree for that. Yeah. So he was, I think, worried them both as artists, like, oh, like don't get into art. Like, I think they may have wanted me to do something a little bit more by the books, but they also just knew me and they were like, she's she's gone. Yeah. Like she's not. And I think there was a moment which I think was really hard for them, where they were like, I think they were really worried about me, and they were like, you know, she might be. Not to say this is a bad thing to do, but she might, like, get into, like, sex work or she might actually, like, you know, just m- marry some, like, random dude for my – or, like, you know, like, they were worried about just me like for a minute. wild card. Yeah. Truly, a, like, 18 years old and senior, they were like, I don't – we don't know. We don't yeah. know what – I don't think they would have predicted that I'd be sitting here. I mean, honestly, they didn't even – I don't think they knew anything. Yeah. Yeah. What was your support system like at the time, like, if if you even had one? I mean, I think I rejected any support system, which like I think was... you were kind of just like a lone wolf or like... Well, I had friends and stuff, but I think I was course. so... I was so like this little angry, narcissistic piece of shit mm-hmm. that I just rejected anything good yeah. in my life. I literally would just be causing like chaos and wreaking Fucking havoc. Yeah. yeah. And just had no sense of like, oh, I even like want to support... To, or yeah. I, people care about... Like there was no little sweet bone in my body. What were you so angry about? I don't know. I think I started reading and I think my I mean, parents are a little bit to blame because they had me start reading and watching really intense 
I don't know, like books and movies and things that really were like about very dark subjects. And I mm-hmm. think I was immediately very attracted to that mm. um, because I think I felt this internal darkness and then hearing, you know, I don't know, writers and and watching movies that reflected how I felt. I was like, it validated me. And so I just dug more and more into that. Deeper the music. and deeper into the world. Like I was yeah. like, you know, in like 10th grade, like just listening to Radiohead on repeat and like you know, reading like Virginia Woolf and like, you know, Charles Bukowski and like really like terrible, not terrible. I mean, I still like him, but just like really intense, intense. The dark shit. Yes. And which I still like, but I think it, I have a different perspective on it now, but I really ate that shit up. And so I was like, I fully was consumed by that. And so I was like, that's what I would draw and paint. I would like really, I was also attracted to those type of people. Mm -hmm. My friends were all almost like gothic very intense, bad kids, quote unquote. And I don't know, it, it, was, it was just something I was consumed by. And I think the more that you're just, that's what you're watching and doing and, and listening to and writing about, you're just, you're stuck in that loop. And so yeah. I think I was angry also at just my brain and the way that I was and why things weren't easy for why me. Why is shit so hard for yeah. me? I was yeah. like, why? I was so mad. And I yeah. still am sometimes. I'm like, yeah. why is it got to be like this? I feel like the hardest thing to do is to like get out of that loop that you're explaining or like break a break a habit or make a change or start a start a new routine. Like, you know, for me, it was literally like I wasn't faithful in a relationship again. And like I had a girl leave me who I had all my self-worth and like value in. Mm -hmm. And it literally made me like suicidal to the point that I had to. Yeah. go away to treatment and then I became sober and, and so I stopped like your, all these things. That was like your moment. That, that you was like, like the turning point. My rock bottom right. um, in a way. I guess what was it for you that sort of was like I, like, I don't know if I like being like this. Yeah, well, it was actually probably four years ago maybe. Okay. Um, so it took a, it took a minute. Yeah. Um, really rode that wave for a while. Well, and, you'll like, right. we'll all keep going right. until there's some until like, until there's something. Major wall in yeah. front of us that's stopping exactly. us. Exactly. So the mental health stuff, the partying, the insistent chaos, the same with, I was a really bad person. I would do really bad things. I like wasn't loyal to friends, to in relationships. Um, just like really wanted to, yeah, be kind of that crazy girl um and also very hypersexual hyper it wasn't really like not that I would go out and sleep around but just I actually didn't do that because I think I was ultimately scared of men but I still projected that image and that got to be really dangerous because it got me in dangerous situations and um but it, it was still fueling itself though all of it was fueling itself into this big like mush pile of who I was and what I was becoming and Towards, yeah, like three or four years ago, I was in a relationship. I was living in my first, like, studio apartment by myself. And um, I got really, like, kind of sick for some reason. I think it was a mixture of my anxiety. I started production work, so I was overworking myself for the first time. Um, mixed with just, like, insecurities in the relationship. I lost, like, 45, 50 pounds. The body just, like, screaming for help. Literally just looked sickly and this went on for a while and no one was really like people were like like they got worried at towards the end because I was genuinely like hospitalized. I was so underweight because I mean even on just my frame now I mean 45 that's a lot of weight to like yeah it was really scary and I went to treatment centers and had eating disorder stuff going on. It was just really really bad and what's weird that happened so that happened I physically got sick and and physically was unwell 
mentally extremely unwell in this like toxic relationship and all of this like toxic stuff. And then going back to the sexuality part, I then lost everything that I had identified with in the last 10, 12 years of my life. So I would literally walk around and no one, not a single guy would look at me. Because also I just looked sickly. Like it wasn't even like I was just getting sickly. But everything that I was known for, was looked at for, gone. And it was the most insane. I know it sounds so vapid, but again, when that's like your whole identity for your whole life, like I was like, oh my God, what? Shocked. So everything crumbled. It was like who I thought, everything I thought about myself, the people I knew, I went silent. I went cold on social media. I went cold with everyone that I knew. I was only wearing like, it was terrible. It was terrifying. Um, Got help, treatment, broke up with my boyfriend, moved out. Ended up living with a girl for the first time because I had never really lived with anyone before. It was kind of just like me and then boyfriend and then this girl. And she was so like hyper feminine and womanly and like an angel. It literally was like an angel came down and saved my life. Um, and just breaking off from that relationship and that environment and everything, I gained weight again. I got some of that energy back. I got healthy again, all of that. But that was really like, it was a mixture. That's what happens of like five different things that crumbled and then you just have to rebuild. And it's, it was sick because that's where even like my account currently came from was rebuilding that whole sense of self. Cause I had to really rebuild my entire self. I was like, wait, who am I without an ass? Like literally. I feel like it's so common for people to not make that change until their whole world falls apart like we both just said I'm, I'm curious like thinking back on that time for you what could what did you need that you didn't have that led you to getting to such a bad place and losing 40 50 pounds or if I'm a girl who's listening to this right now like and maybe I'm not there yet but I'm on my way of like some unhealthy habits maybe not like in the best place like what do you wish you had looking back that maybe could have like stopped you before you went so far deep into that hole? I wish I would have gone with my gut. I even had this weird, um, I forgot what it's called, but there's like an anxiety feeling where it feels like there's like a ball in your throat. And it's like, it really feels like there's something that's almost like choking you, but it's, there's nothing there. I went to the doctor and was like, there's something. And they're like, it's not, there's nothing there. It's clear passageway. And I was like, no, there's, I'm really choking. But I, because I literally couldn't, I couldn't say what I felt. I couldn't say no I couldn't I I felt so small and like worthless and I think that's also why I physically got like smaller and like fragile and stuff and so I just didn't listen to my gut ever I didn't I didn't like stop I didn't say no to my boss when I like working longer hours I didn't say no to my the boyfriend I didn't say no to him moving in I didn't say no to any of these things if I would have just had enough self-worth and enough confidence just say I think also too on top of that having people I wish I would have had more people around me that's, that really could have been honest with me and said, like, Sophia, I love you, and you need it. And that showed me that I needed better friends. Like, the rigorous honesty, yeah. hard truths, yeah. like... Yeah, I would tell them stuff about, like, my boyfriend, the things he would do, and they'd be like, yeah, that sucks. I would... Now, my friends would be like, oh, where, do you, where does he live? I'm going to his house right now. You know what I mean? Like... I think I, I would have, I think it made me feel like, okay, I really need to have better friendships, have better people around me because that can, you know, yeah. make sure that never happens again or like make me more aware because we get yeah. stuck in that. And you have, 
I just, you just don't even like, you can't even pull yourself out sometimes it feels like. Yeah. I love the, the gut thing. And I love like in your story, how physical it became yeah. with your, with your body Listen and the weight loss body. and that, like the yeah. manifestations and, and even a shout out grace. I know that uh, she's reading body keeps the score oh, right I now. Need, how have I not read and that? I that's think, like my, uh, that's like, yeah, that, that would probably be that, my Bible that I need to read. That. Surprising. But we always talk about like the connection between physical and mental health and how they're so intertwined. And like at a certain point, if like you're just pushing these thoughts and feelings aside because you can just ignore them and, and you know, drown them with activities or materialistic things at some point, like the body yeah. will step in the way and yeah, be and like, no, like, no, like no, this I'll is tell like, you how it really now is. I'll give you yeah. something that's not invisible to actually show that there's something going on. And I think, you know, they always say like our, our gut is our second brain. And I think really trusting the gut like that is like so crucial and like nine and a half times out of 10 is like always right. Yeah. It's crazy that our body knows. And even nowadays, I mean, I'm so the psychosomatic, I still have that so much and I have problems with that because like I will literally store anxiety and stress in my body to where mm-hmm. like I get sick. I, I can't eat. I feel really uncomfortable. I get tension headaches. Yeah. Um. And so it's stuff, something I still have to be aware of, you know, yeah. or even just having those like weird like trauma responses. Like I'll have these weird things where I'll like something will make me like just immediately cry mm-hmm. weirdly. I'm not even like that big of a crier, but like yeah. just to like it sh- feels like it's a shock in your body. So being aware of that is like so key. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'd love to touch on like the being sexualized piece. I think that's something that like a lot of women struggle with I know and that I have like zero I can't <laughs> yeah. speak on it like Which I have so no funny that, relationship yeah. yeah it's like a completely yeah. different world and like for you obviously being sexualized at a young age and and placing a lot of your self-worth and value in that to then like try and flip it on its head but still want to feel beautiful and and yeah. empowered but also take care of yourself yeah. like when you leave the house like yeah. how do you sort of balance all that and like how have you learned to like take control of like your own sexualization back yeah. in that way I guess it's honestly the craziest thing and it's so hard because finding that balance is key and it's it's almost like such a slippery it's also just slippery slope because especially with social media now it's so much harder I mean I I'm at the age where like I'm right in between like I grew up with social media but not like it's not like I'm like 20 or 21 where mm-hmm. it was way more apparent in their lives. You're like half Gen yeah, Z, not exactly, full Gen Z. Exactly. Yeah. And I will I will <laughs> stick by that. I'm like, I'm not, I still grew up in dirt. Like I was not an iPad kid. Um, but it, it definitely started for me. Like, I think it was mainly like my, I had MySpace a little bit, Facebook, then Instagram. So high school, I was kind of starting with Instagram. And I think also too, all my friends have dealt with this. You kind of can go two ways. A lot of women do when they get sexualized really young, which is a very common thing. And it's really, really hard to deal with. And I still literally deal with it in all my relationships. That's why I talk about in therapy almost every single week. I mean, it is traumatizing and it's hard because from 12, like literally probably 11, 12, 13, I was this like little tomboy girl playing tennis in fifth grade second I get into middle school and I didn't even develop that fast it was really just the the girls I hung out with were almost they sexualized themselves and so I was immediately just kind of in that world and mm-hmm. so start dressing like right them, exactly start. the tiny little Abercrombie shorts the the like push-up bras and then every single it was like teachers people and it what's really hard is I think it's you start fearing men because all the men around you from that 
of teachers. I would even have like all my friends, older brothers. I would have any type of like coach or PE teacher or even like my parents, like their like friends. They would just always like, she's so beautiful. Like kind of just this really weird. It was just very weird. And, yeah. and it became my identity. But then it also made me kind of fear men, but also really realize like I can get power from men. Mm-hmm. I think it then made me what I was going to say is like women usually go two ways. They either try to take the power back and over-sexualize themselves going forward, or they get really scared of it and freaked out and, like, desexualize themselves and mm-hmm. kind of step back and go, I can't do this. I'm going to almost become, like, kind of nerdy girl in a right. relationship, married by the age of 20. Like, I'm not doing it anymore. And I really took the over-sexualization and just ran with that. Mm-hmm. And, and what, like, started, what did that look like? I started, um, and I wasn't, very like I wouldn't I was kind of scared like nervous to do anything like with guys and stuff at a young age but I was posting on Instagram on MySpace I was You're just a cat going crazy <laughs> yeah yeah I was the like annoying girl truthfully that like would act all hypersexual and wouldn't do shit like I would not put out <laughs> ever and guys are like you're posing like a like a porn star online right, and you're right, nothing right. and it, that's been always kind of like my problem a bit but I, yeah, I was on Instagram and then that really, like, as I was developing and I became really womanly and more attention for it, more of that. And then I got into the whole, like, I mean, growing up in LA, it's like you immediately get into the whole party world. Yeah. You can go yeah. to clubs yeah. when you're like 16. Yeah. I was like walking on in Hollywood, like Hollywood Boulevard, just like in my like six inch heels looking like I was, you know, 25 at the age of 16. Um, and befriending all these like weird photographer guys started getting approached to be, you're going to be the next da, 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 and you're going to come and do this. And then they just kept saying, they would say things like, you know, if you do this, if you take this shoot, you're going to be so big. They start feeding you this like idea that, you know, pumping, yeah, like exactly. endorphins so then hitting. I'm like really yeah. screwed. Cause I'm like, now this is what I'm feel like I'm destined I made for. It. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I'm like, great. This is going to be my thing. Um, and then you start going to these parties and these events and then, you know, famous guys are talking to you and then you're like, oh my God, like, you know, this is whatever. And then I could be this and that. And it's just, it's terrible. It's really terrible. And then in relationships, it's weird. You're almost like, again, I was kind of scared of men, but would then sexualize myself and almost kind of in the relationship be almost hypersexual or kind of hold myself to this, like, almost like I had to be this, like, the perfect hot. Like, it's always just, like, how can I be, how can I be hotter, be the hottest thing he's ever had? All from deep, obviously, insecurities of, like, I can't be the cool girl. I've never been the cool girl. It's always yeah. been the hot girl. Yeah. And I've had friends who have always been the funny, had a bunch of guy friends, never me, because I'd always be, like, the hot friend they bring. Every single you're friend. like intimidating yeah. other girls. Yeah, and like... never girls hate me, girl, and it and it sounds so annoying to talk about, like you know, like the whole pretty girl thing. But and I'm not even that. It's not even that I'm that pretty. I think it really is almost even like an aura. No, but like I think it's re- <laughs> like because we live in LA, where they're like all these so yeah, beautiful yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's more of like an aura. I don't know what it is. I've never been able to really pinpoint it. And I'm actually not as I don't even think I ever was that cocky, even though. I could have been in a way. I think I always just had such deep anxiety and insecurity issues that it it never like, you know, I always thought I was stupid. 
I always was scared people thought I was gonna be stupid because I never had to work on my personality or my. That's my biggest thing too. Yeah. Is that I just feel so dumb. I know. I it's the worst. I would take at this point. I was like, I don't even care about like the way. I would just rather be looked at as being someone that's intelligent or interesting or yeah. creative or yeah. brilliant rather than pretty like that. You know, it doesn't matter. And that's what I've had to come to realize. And so when I lost all that weight and got stripped from everything that I, you know, that attractiveness is sexuality mm-hmm. and no one wanted me in that way. Um, I was like, who am I? Like, what do I actually have to offer? That's not mm-hmm. how I look. And it was really hard. It's one of the hardest things ever because you're having to fully reinvent yourself at like 21 or whatever. And I was yeah. like, what, what? Like what steps did you take to get to know yourself? I feel like it's such an underrated thing yeah. about like us actually spending times with ourselves in a way where we're trying to get to know ourselves like there's no one on earth who we're going to spend more time with than ourselves and we probably put like the least amount of effort into our relationship with ourselves as opposed to friends boyfriend girlfriend parents colleagues whatever um what did that look like for you when you looked in the mirror and were like who the hell am i i think i started spending more time with people i what i was single for the first time in forever because I, I was a serial like monogamous relationship girl and i started being around friends and i started you learn a lot about yourself like meeting new people and hang out because i'm like oh like i'm actually funnier than i thought or mm-hmm. like oh like i'm actually more interesting they think i'm interesting and they are mm-hmm. asking me questions that i've never really answered and you know you get around you get used to being around the same person or people and you kind of forget elements of yourself and then you start yeah. meeting new people and you're like Oh wait, like you know, I'm I'm like this, or I this is a strength of mine, or whatever. This is how I am in friendships, and and then I really started just going back to kind of like the basics of what I knew. I was like, okay, I'm an artist. Like I'm obviously just I have an artist brain. What do I love? Yeah. yeah. So I started just doing things that were creative again. I started taking photos. I started doing like working with my hands again. I like took a pottery class. I was like painting again. I was cooking. I was baking. I was doing things that were more also I started taking care of myself like mm. true taking care of myself I was sober I was like eating well I was working out that's how my whole account kind of came to be because mm-hmm. I was and I was documenting so mm. that was the next big thing is just literally being on social media and almost just like having like creating a community online helped me it almost was like like a coping mechanism and it helped me cultivate more about myself because again that same thing of like you're learning more about yourself through other people Mm -hmm. and through what people kind of want from you and it was all women and so then it was like I think I just had a year of like being with women Mm. I was like this is sick Mm. because I I never really was that much it was mainly relationships boys whatever that's huge and so my focus on women I was like wow like I have so much more here and I have so much more to say I had so much to say and now I have so much to say where I never really did yeah. It was always just talk with like my body and the way I looked. Yeah. Never with, my, and now I'm like just can't shut the fuck up. And so I love, uh, <laughs> I love what you're saying about using other people. Because even when I asked you that question, I was thinking about it for myself, and I'm thinking about all these like, like introspective, like I'm journaling alone, or like I got a book a, a Airbnb, like yeah. in Yosemite, right. like for five <laughs> yeah. days alone or whatever, and yeah. like get to know myself. But I think it's such a beautiful spin on it of like using other people and actually human interaction and like see how I am and how I exist in the world and how people actually respond to me as like a like a cue of like how I actually am and like because that's honestly way healthier at least for me of like if I'm left to my own devices like I'm gonna think that I'm an idiot 
that I can't do shit, that I like, that I'll never be anything. I can't be alone. I'm like, this is scary. And there was times where I definitely had to like, I mean, I was single. I'd never been still like, I can't, it's really hard. It's still one of my like biggest flaws. I just can't be single and like be alone. Mm -hmm. But that time really made me realize like I can be alone. And you start building that confidence and like, the journaling was also a huge thing. I mean, that is how I started journaling yeah. was from that time period. Because, yeah. But I, I think I had it's, – it's, so it's having, though, that outward support, I think, from the other friends and women and, and people in a similar community because that's – really online I started formulating that. And some of my best friends came from that platform. Mm. And I think that really made me think, like, I could do something on social media. I could do something because yeah. I loved it. I had no, I have no social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Really, that's one of the only, God was like, you one thing. <laughs> so you'd have no social anxiety. And I was like, sick. So I really can just be online. That's a lucky one. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I could run with this. And so as I just got, you know, healed and sharing the healing journey, which mm-hmm. I still do. Yeah. It changed everything for me. And yeah. I was like, I, I could, I can speak on this stuff. I'm like, I can talk about it. I can talk about wanting to be a stripper and then now wanting to do this. Like, I yeah. can speak about it. And you never, like, felt any sort of shame or judgment when you were being that vulnerable? Or, like, it, it not really. You never thought twice? Not really, because I think, I don't know why. I think at that point I was like, look, I've been through this shit. What, a, what What's someone to judge me for? Yeah. Like, why is it? Yeah. You know, like, for what? It's, yeah. And honestly, embarrassment is really just, like, a reflection of you i mean like you're the one that feels like i can decide if i want to feel embarrassed or shame you know yeah so i don't know i think i just kind of like let it happen and just said you know i can help people i never wanted to help people that was the biggest shift i wasn't like i said i wasn't a good person right so and i'm not like saying that and i'm just being truthful and so for me to actually go like i want to actually help people and i will actually help women and do something like productive with my time and my life was huge mm-hmm. my parents were like what like are you are you okay it took a while for them to really like grasp that that's what that kind of i was that kind of person and now yeah. i'm you know obviously a good person and do good things and you know so <laughs> i still get shit though all the time because people i talk about being previously toxic and people uh-huh. come at me and they're like you're promoting toxicity i'm like no but you have to be I like to a be realist honest. in that way like yeah. why why are we pretending that we're these perfect human beings, you know? Yeah, so it obviously seems like you kind of started your social media career in a bit of like an organic, like nonchalant way. Like yeah. as it picked up, what was sort of like your mindset is you're like, oh, now I'm reaching, you know, tens of thousands of people. Maybe I could make some sort of business, like yeah. some sort of life, some sort of career out of this. Like, did you have a shift in your mindset of being more strategic or looking what people responded to or like how did you think about your growth and like your audience at that time well definitely switched a uh, management reached out to me and i had no idea i could even monetize this was like ripe. this was before some like now it's like we're just flooded with influencers and yeah. everyone's on social media but it was you know it was before like right before covid when it kind of was really going crazy so management reached out to me and i was like oh, i can make money doing this i don't have to go back to a job like okay sure and she really also built my confidence. I think it's really cool to have people that know what they're doing yeah. to really like instill that confidence. Because I don't think I could have done it. I think I, I think I would have had that. Like I'm like I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know if I'm even helping people. And she really helped me and really got me deals. Made me realize I could really do this. Had a lot of like I don't know. She just really like made it seem like I could do something with myself. And that I was like doing something important. And I was like all right. 
I'll try it. And mm-hmm. it just kind of kept going. And I think now I'm really looking to do something way bigger and, and more. Mm. Um, definitely not like satisfied with just the influencer life, so yeah. to speak, or creator life, whatever. But um, it definitely was, there was a definite moment that I was like, okay, I could actually really do this. But now I just, I just keep wanting to do more and more and more. Yeah, how have you dealt with, like, I'm curious because I've struggled with this, too, at, like, a much smaller scale than you, obviously, but, like, feeling good about myself through social media, especially, like, having girls like my stuff or or message me or whatever, like, using that to really boost my self-esteem or, like, make me feel important, and it seems like you've struggled with similar things with, like, your body and stuff. Did you notice that coming up through, like, getting approval through social media and like how have you been able to sort of like balance that and not like fall into it um I mean it's hard because I had like another Instagram before this one that was like the one that was really like Instagram baddie like really and that was it was all just the validation was just felt so good it was like these dopamine rushes like it was insane and I still I think get that some I think it's hard not to get that from social media and I think expecting to not get you know, the rush of like likes and um, comments and praise and DMs and stuff like that. It's just, it's not really possible, I think, at this point. But I will say that for me, it's like quality. It's the quality of the responses I'm getting and the likes I'm getting. And having my audience be like 98% women is so sick. Mm. I could post literally probably an ass shot and they'd be like, yes, like this is, like, this is great. Like, Beautiful. yeah, all amazing <laughs> art. Angel, obsessed with you, no men. I'm not on the men algorithm, and it's a blessing because mm. I just don't I don't see it. I don't hear about it. It's great. I don't get harassed. Yeah. But I think there's, there's still elements, though, that I think I feel a little, like, weird about. Mm. I think I kind of miss, maybe, like, that element. I think naturally, as humans, we like to be... Liked? Yeah, and adored by, especially, like, you know... Yeah men, women, whatever, the opposite. And I don't know. I think I still have elements of that. Yeah. That can be hard. And I've faced that in relationships. The whole, like, not, I'm definitely, like, a loyal girlfriend now. But mm-hmm. definitely, like, you know, there's little, that's what's hard about your past is sometimes, like, you can change so much. Yeah. And heal so much. But it's still, like, we're still human. And we still have those twinges where I go like, I, you know, like having the attention from men still, like I still sometimes ache for that or ache for those older, you know, partying and yeah. drink. I don't know, like all that, that old lifestyle stuff. Yeah. Like I had an old behavior uh, kind of flare up like last week uh, towards the back half of the week at the beginning of the weekend. And it was like kind of a, like a little hurdle that I had to work through. And I was talking to my sponsor and I was just feeling really, really bad about myself. And he's like, you know, like life is just this path right and like we keep coming to these moments where we can kind of choose up and it's like exactly. a fork in the road and you're like he's like one path is like beaten down tried and true you can yeah. see all the way through yeah. you know exactly what it's going to be yeah. like and the other path is like bushes and 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 leaves and you have no idea what's a five feet in front of you and he's like it's not a surprise that you took the path that you'd gone down a million times so like be a little bit more kind to yourself yes show a little bit more like grace and understand that like it's going to take time to knock down this other path to where that one becomes like the second nature autopilot thing and like I always have such a hard time like feeling proud of myself because I'll just like beat myself up so much and like get stuck on one thing it's like oh well now I I 
three laps, I'm back to square one, blah, 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 all that, like, work. It's yeah. over, like, yeah. let's start yeah. over. And, and that was just something, like, that he said to me in that moment that was just a great reminder for us to just be kinder to ourselves when yeah. we do have those, like, Exactly, because bumps. they're going to keep, and I feel like we talked about this, like, I, sometimes I wonder, like, will I always be someone who is anxious or has these kind of, like, hurdles, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes I feel like I have, like, a lot of hurdles. I'm like, damn. And will I always be like this? Or, like, will I, you know, do you ever get to a place Will life always like, be so hard yeah. for me? Yeah. And I think, in a way, I've come to the terms of the fact that, like, I think it will. But you just get better at dealing with things. You get better at choosing the better path and, yeah. the, you know, and I think that's just, that's how life is, you know? Yeah. But I think it is something to be proud of. Like, I think about that all the time. And, like, I am just proud that I even was able to say no to something or to say yes to something or to deny myself of this or to even think differently. I want to be aware mm-hmm. that I am that I made the choice, you mm-hmm. know? So it's cool, but it's hard. <laughs> On relationships for a sec, mm-hmm. I know that you're in a relationship now and it seems like you've had your, you know, trials and tribulations of what's healthy, what's not. What do you really, like, look for in a relationship now? How do you know if one is healthy for you? Um, how are you able to sort of keep tabs on that through, like, what you've learned in the past? The thing is, I, I, I feel like for me, I have learned just so much because I've been in so many relationships. Like, I, I think I'm really emotionally mature because of the amount that I've had to go through with different types of men and boys and situations that I feel like I've really now honed in on like what I want and what I like mm-hmm. and what works for me. Like trial and yes, error. <laughs> truly. And just insane amounts of trial and error. Yeah. And I have fell victim to a lot of sh- shitty situations and toxic relationships. And I think it's just made me realize that like communication is truly the number one thing when it comes to like anything, yeah. especially in relationships. And yeah. um, learning each other's languages is really important. I think that's something that has been the biggest issue and all of my relationships. It's so funny. Mm. It's like we find these constants in our lives sometimes of like these patterns. Yeah. And that's mine. It's choosing men who do not have the same language as me at all. Mm. And I might also be a harder person to have a language yeah. with, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, I think I'm, I can be a really easy person to love, but also a very hard person mm-hmm. uh, because I think my brain is a lot. And I think sometimes I feel like I can be not a lot, that sounds so like negative, like but just like overbearing or yeah, and just like I, I, I'm yeah, kind of or just I am a lot, yeah, you know. And I think so. I can be hard and easy to love at the same time. And I think that having yeah that similar language is really important. And so, so are you supposed to have the same love language as your partner? I say no because I say language because I don't even mean love language. You I just, just mean, mean like, the same like, like energy. You just gotta flow in the same way. Like I've had relationships really rough ones where they just we don't know how to communicate in the it's same like, y'all yeah. clearly aren't yeah like, i'm just... like and but we can like the thing is i can be homies with like anyone so i become best friends with this person we are like the companionship is there but then i'm like it's there's no i'm a really romantic person not like in a i need to be like wine and dined and candles lit but i just i romanticize everything in my life everything is so uh, colorful and interesting and I'm super mm-hmm. curious and so when mm-hmm. people when men aren't like that and they don't or don't appreciate that I'm like that yeah I can't I'm just like I can't because I'm such a juicy person that like yeah. if you're not juicy like that then it, 
you know? I like yeah. all different types of music and things and like I'm just all over the place. And if yeah. they're not and super like strict on one thing, that's fine. But I we will not yeah. it won't work. It can work as friends and yeah. get along, but I don't know. And so that's that's been a fault of mine is to not communicate that early on or to even like to just keep going with it when it's obviously not working, you know? Yeah, communication is so important. It's I so think important, like yeah. it, and anyone who struggles with like anxiety and depression, it's like you get so scared to say certain yeah. things or like you don't want to upset someone or yeah. you don't want to cause confrontation yeah. or all these things and you'll just like suppress them and they'll fester inside and you know like yeah. you think you're doing yourself Resentment a favor by yeah. not saying it but it's yeah. actually like doing the exact opposite yeah which i think is funny as hell um always <laughs> it does the exact opposite unlike the unlike the eating disorder piece yeah. and like your history with that obviously i know so many people especially like younger girls really really struggle with that i think now like more than ever with the rise of social media like yeah. especially like how have you learned to like overcome that and, and have a healthier relationship with your body and, and food? And like, what's your sort of advice to anyone who might still be struggling with something like that? Well, I feel like first, I think realizing how hard it is to be a woman right now, especially Period. with social yeah. media, like it's just fucking like terrible because it's like, you're just seeing hundreds of thousands of the most beautiful women in the world right now just yeah. on repeat every yeah. day and you're like i don't need i don't need to see it and you don't even it. know if they're real or oh, not. you don't and that's the the worst part is usually they're not and it is just so detrimental in so many ways but so i think realizing that it's hard in general um and then i would say that the one thing that really had to click for me is just that like it sounds so obvious but when it clicks it clicks is that life is for living and life is for enjoyment and if you're not having a good time and, you know, track uh, being obsessed with food, not eating enough, not having enough energy, lacking nutrients, feeling you can't even finish a workout or even like have sex because your hormones aren't, you know, you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Not you're not having a fun time. I wasn't having a fun time for like two years because I literally wasn't even producing enough like estrogen to yeah. like feel anything at all. Yeah. Not a fun time. So it's like ultimately we want to have fun and we want to have pleasure and we want to like taste good things and drink good things and laugh and dance and all these things. And if you are finding that you can't do that, then none of that's worth it. Having the perfect body, having, you know, it's like at, it's at what cost? At what yeah. cost? And it's never worth it. And I, it's just so funny looking back at like when I was super, super thin and had like six pack abs and I was like so tiny that like quote unquote, like perfect body, whatever. Yeah. I never once, like I, I didn't, I was wearing big, the biggest clothes. I wasn't, again, being looked at because I had no confidence, and it was never enough. And so I wasn't enjoying even being in that, like, perfect body. And yeah. so it's never worth it. And I'm just – I think also now, like, the rise of just, like, what I'm hoping is, like, the kind of more just healthy healthy bodies, finding where you're at. Being Like, I think I, I've come to the point where I'm, like, I like to take care of myself. I like to – in some ways look a certain way mm -hmm. you know like i go to the gym also for I, mental health but also for a reason as well yeah, yeah. and that's okay too but i'm not gonna like try to change my body into something it's not per se or totally i just still eat i eat normally i don't even think about it which is so nice yeah it's amazing it's not to be like oh my god like i can just like go eat and like it's fine yeah <laughs> you know i think like the biggest thing back to like the body is like yeah. you'll know like oh i feel like shit today well yeah. 
What did I eat? How much yeah. sleep did I get? Exactly. Who did I hang out with? Like, yeah. you have to look at the whole cocktail the of your whole life picture. to yeah. like really understand yeah. like what elements and like how yeah. to kind of exactly. Tune the and that's what's cool about being again the self awareness and just like understanding your body too. And I think there's such a disconnect whenever we have eating disorders is like you start to really you think you're getting more connected to your body and you're like you know usually it starts with like the over being just super healthy but you lose that connection and there's nothing worse than losing the connection to like that's why I think also when I got super tiny I I couldn't say no I couldn't do all these things that I just didn't even know how it felt the anxiety and the fear and so you got to get back to that and now it's like that I I don't know it's just great yeah it's just great yeah (laughs) um I know you said that the quote unquote influencer life isn't forever for (laughs) you uh i'm curious like what when you think about your goals or what you want to do or like what's next i know you were mentioning like what what gets you excited there i want to make a movie yeah (laughs) yeah i want to (laughs) like i just want to or a book yeah i want to make something tangible i want to make something that is you want to write it or you just want to direct it or what or both (sighs) I haven't gone there yet. I just want to create. Yeah. Maybe direct. Yeah. My mom's a writer though, so Thick. she could help me with like the screenwriting. Um, she got some. Yeah. yeah. She got some material. Yeah. For yeah. You. And I don't know. I just see myself doing something that's definitely tangible. That's that's there. That is with a crew. That is like on a coffee table. That is like big production. Mm-hmm. Maybe even like some sort of organization company. You know, something just just way bigger than myself. I yeah. Kind of sick of like it being about me mm-hmm. i can't do it anymore i'm like I'm tired. you're done <laughs> my management's like you need to be posted i'm like i don't want to look and yeah. edit at another yeah. fucking video of myself does that get like really exhausting yeah yeah i'm like mm, like i don't need it like i think it just feels and i'm not trying to like make anyone who is an influencer i mean it's a it's a, it's a blessing i mean it's yeah. the craziest the number one most desired job yeah. for kids out of Which high school is so weird and so disturbing in a way um it's so disturbing. Like, we're, what are we going to do? We need, like, nurses and stuff. No astronauts. <laughs> no yeah. astro- who's wanting to be an astronaut anymore? <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, who's like, who's going to just, like, be the normal stuff? A firefighters. Yeah. A None of man. those. Yeah. None. So I, I definitely want to, I don't know. I just think I, I get tired, yeah, of looking at myself and having things be about me and, like, what I like. Like, you've lost, like, like the fun of it, and now it feels yeah. more like a job kind of? Yeah, and I think... I also just feel like it's very saturated. And I feel like, you know what? Honestly, I feel like there's some girls that are doing it better. Yeah. That have, and I, I think also I have too much that I want to say. Yeah. And too much that I want to do. Just be like pigeonholed yeah. to like, like, like stories I'm like Because I think today. people, yeah. like the way that I story or like post on Instagram is is reflective of how much goes on in my mind. So it's like I need to really put it somewhere else because yeah. it gets picked up on Instagram and people do like fuck with it. Yeah. My like brain and what i you know yeah, yeah. but then i think half the time people are just like she's just saying shit yeah she's just spewing on her story i'm like yeah it's true so uh, i need to yeah. put it somewhere else you know where it's yeah. not just like random like it's just so funny it's like on my account you'll just get people say this to me like you'll just get like one day it's like yeah like a get ready with me or a makeup tutorial and then it'll just be me just like talking about the most random thing you've ever heard or right. like boom like movie club or like boom like something right. else and right. that's what i'm saying I, I, i'm not made for this essentially yeah, no, I think that's great, like, <laughs> self-awareness yeah. and, like, the ability to, like, this sort of roll with, like, the punches of yeah. life. And, like, at, at the time, that's what, you know, the universe gave you. Right. And I think you took full advantage of it. Yeah. And, like, it's so great for us not to, like, pigeonhole ourselves into, like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Right. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I feel like our, like, our parents' generation is, like, 
you oh, got a yeah. job and you just worked that job for like 50 yeah. years it's like now like we have the freedom to be like constantly checking in with ourselves and yeah. then seeing how we want to grow what right. we want to change etc like i think that's dope it's crazy to think like what if our parents had these type of resources we'd be even more fucked i know <laughs> like can you imagine because back then it was like even with you know my parents like with mental i mean like they didn't know anything they didn't yeah. know the word anxiety until like they're like 20 yeah and here we are like i mean, I mean they were just yeah. like smoking cigarettes yeah. all day literally like, since teenagers yeah. Yeah. i think about that i'm like man that's like kind of a nice i don't know must be kind of nice yeah, I mean, to be like, not self-aware like ignorance is bliss yeah. in that way exactly yeah exactly like i don't know that's why i'm, I'm so interested to see what's in store for our, like our you know this generation yeah later on like are we just gonna be like i don't know Listen, I'm 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 just hopeful that the house passes the uh, other TikTok ban by right. by the time yeah. I have kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely, my kids, no screens. No, raising them in a farm. Yeah, I'm going to Montana. Yeah, like they're not having any Lip phones only. Only until like they're 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no outside world because otherwise they're screwed. Yeah, like can you imagine being in middle school right now and having TikTok? No, honestly, like, <laughs> no. it was like even just like a flip phone that you could send yeah. pictures on was like yeah. the death was of me <laughs> really rough yeah like even just like myspace like how are we functioning yeah, yeah i don't know even just gossip in general like yeah. like like mouth to mouth no gossip. one's writing notes yeah. anymore you know yeah mm, which was i know i try to bring back love letters but no one really <laughs> off all that like i'll just send a meme like god romance is dead uh well uh <laughs> before we wrap up i'll ask you the same two questions that we end every episode with uh the first is if you could nominate anyone to come on the show whether you know them or not who's been a big inspiration to your mental health journey or someone who's really helped you out of hard times and whatnot that you look up to who would it be can they be dead well then they can't come on the show damn it true okay who would you have said though anthony bourdain yeah i mean he's the goat he's my favorite person ever yeah i could cry thinking about him yeah (laughs) i love him so much you love kitchen confidential I love it all, yeah. yeah. I still rewatch it. Like, it's like my comfort show, like Parts Unknown, like any of his yeah. stuff. I just think he's brilliant. Yeah, I think like his ability of like making it about like everything and nothing, like yeah. we're so important and life is so beautiful and like we're just like little ants on yeah. this dot, like yeah. to me is like Crazy. really, really beautiful and, and I can obviously see how that can take you to some exactly. dark places. Exactly. Um, in yeah, terms watching of, like, his being insignificant his... and just not mattering. Yeah, his the movie about him. Was yeah, yeah, so yeah. Crazy. The documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely okay, him, but not him. Um, I'd probably say like Future or something like that, or maybe Angelina Jolie, one of those two. If I could have Future on this show, that'd be incredible. That'd be insane. Yeah, I you think that he'd be able to hold great. a conversation about. See, his I think about health? that. I was like thinking about like which rapper, but like I think he would. I think yeah. he's like because he's old, a little older, so I feel like yeah. he has more of this like groundedness yeah. you know maybe if you got him like early in the morning he'd be fine like yeah before the yeah. day gets going exactly <laughs> he's better in the morning yeah um and lastly uh sophia what makes you mad happy my kittens your kittens yeah shout out your kittens yeah shout out the kittens oh <laughs> uh, well thanks so much for uh for coming on for being such a mental health advocate i think you're vulnerability and just like openness that you share on social media is like so refreshing and i think really a huge inspiration to so many people out there and and we're excited to see uh where you take it so thanks so much for coming on movie (laughs) yeah thank you it's a pleasure all right peace y'all thank you guys so much for listening 
Hope you enjoyed the show with Mason and Sophia. Really, really cool uh, to listen to that one, especially because I wasn't there live for it. And hope everyone loved it. Remember to leave us that five-star review. Don't forget. Email me, p at madhappy.com for a special gift. And uh, remember to ask us a question in the Q&As because it's going to be a lot of fun. So until next week, peace. See you guys next week. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism.